Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver is in the books, and my goodness me, we had an insane match between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, which we're going to, t- going to be talking about very shortly here. Welcome to the we- Wrestle the Wessel Talk podcast. <laughs> the Wessel Talk. <laughs> to the Wessel Talk podcast with you. Uh, of NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. I am Corporate Shopper. I'm joined by Tempest the Wrestler. Subscribe to him on YouTube. Um and uh yeah, with with NXT reviews, we're reviewing NXT guys. Crazy. Also, wow. we're gonna have weekly NXT reviews starting on Tuesday because NXT is uh, on Wednesdays because NXT is moving to Tuesday. I keep saying Tuesdays; that's the wrong day. We're reviewing on Wednesday because the show is on Tuesday. We're both very tired. Um, so that, that yeah, sorry in advance for this entire review because it's going to be something. Um, but yes. Before we get into talking about things, a couple quick things. First, if you want to get in your Ultra Chats, you want to have your messages read out on stream, you can go to the link that's just underneath me here, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. You can get those in and we'll read them out before the end of the show. Also, we're sponsored by Beer52. Hey, Beer! Yay! We like that. Uh, if you go into the... Uh, there's a link in the description and also in the pinned comment. Uh, UK viewers only, you can get a free crate of craft beer god my words this is gonna be a long stream <laughs> oh, Pete. come on we can do it you can get a free case of craft beer by going to the link in the description beer52.com forward slash wrestle talk and you uh you just have to pay for shipping which is like five pounds if you're in the uk and you get this whole crate that i got right here you get that but for free all you have to do is pay for shipping it's great it's really good you should go get it uk viewers only anywho Let's get into talking about what we really came here to talk about, because Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly, uh, which main evented night two of NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver, uh, ahead of the NXT uh, Championship match, which I think a lot of people were possibly expecting to to main event the show, just because it's the NXT title, it more often than not does. I think the only exception to that has been stuff involving Gargano and Ciampa. Um, I think they're the only people that have superseded the... uh, NXT Championship in main events from memory, anyway. Um, yeah, other, other than like the other than like the women's championship mm-hmm. uh, main eventing on a, a number of occasions, I believe you are correct. 
Yes, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so this came in on the, the very final uh, match of night two. And first things first, the video package leading into it was fantastic. Uh, I, I know you, you hated the, uh, the, the CGI rain that they put over it. Yeah. Um, I didn't have as much I didn't have as much of a problem when it was like the rain on the ring as Kyle mm-hmm. was just kind of laying there. Like that was kind of a cool visual. But the, yeah. when there was just thunder and lightning and rain during their contract signing, I was like, this is just silly. <laughs> I really liked it. I thought it was really cool and got me really excited for the match. Um, now, the presentation of Kyle, of, of, I was about to say Kyle and O'Reilly again, God, of Cole and O'Reilly, uh, they both have new theme music. Neither of them have kept the Undisputed Era theme music. They now have their own music. They're both songs, and that's about all I can say about them. They're yeah. quite generic. They're fine. I, they're not bad, but they are quite generic. I think they're pretty bad. Like as as far as like if you're just trying to lay down a beat for the sake of mm. like oh let's put an actual song over this, I think it's like probably fine. But I mean, these are your two in theory, biggest stars in NXT, main eventing the biggest takeover you've had in over a year. And they're just coming out to generic theme number four and generic theme mm. number nine. You have to do better than that. Like, I don't know if they just need to go and hire a new person to come in and make their music for them, but this is just not cutting it, guys. Yeah, and I, I feel like, if anything... Cole should have kept the Undisputed Era music because I feel like mostly because his whole thing is that he was the guy that has made Undisputed Era. Undisputed Era was him. He's the whole thing behind it. So if it's his character to be like, well, I want to keep the theme music because I I am the Undisputed Era kind of thing. Uh, And also, boom, Boom. well, you just did as well. He did it without a song that goes boom in it. And it just didn't feel right. Um, It really didn't. Yeah. Just a normal, regular song, and just boom, boom. Yeah, how didn't... are you supposed to time that with a crowd? The crowd wants to say boom. Yeah, yeah. Um, having said that, I feel like that's all the negatives we have out of the way now because the match itself was fantastic. Oh my goodness! So they started off obviously super duper hot in the match. Really, you know, intense blood feud. Great build, like we've mentioned, the video package was great. Really set the stage for like this massive big fight feel um, fight, and they just beat the hell out of each other for ages. It was great. There was all sorts of weapons. Really early on, they set up this chain across the ring, and immediately as soon as they set that up on the live reactions, Tempest, you were just like, "That's going to come in. Uh, that's going to be a big spot. That's going to play into the finish of this match." It did. It was. Chekhov's gun. That's what that was. They set up and pay off. It's great. Um, some really like brutal looking spots, like Kyle running across the ring and Cole just yanking the chain up across his neck. So he like whiplashed him off the chain. The thing that was on the thumbnail of this video, like, oh, oh, oh looked, awesome. looked awful to take. Um, yeah, just so many back and forth, like great spots going back and forth in this match. Loads of weapons, you know, like brain buster on the commentary table and the table didn't break. Um, 
various attempts at a brain buster on the steps as well the chain getting used a lot for like a lot of like submissions there was like a figure four with the chain wrapped around the knee which hurts more it just does don't question it it's wrestling um and then we thought that okay this has picked up a gear now because they went out onto the stage uh after a ref bump where Cole just beat up the ref and then tried to get a pinfall off of Panama Sunrise. And he was like, ref, where are you? It's like, you beat him <laughs> up, Cole. You know where he is. You know what you've done. Um, but they went out onto the ramp that was there. Kyler Riley got in a, a guillotine and Cole just like pile drive, or not pile drive him, but just kind of dove onto the stage floor and they went through the stage uh, onto a really, really cool looking spot. And both of us were like, okay, right. That's the, this is the higher gear, right. Of the match. Now this is great. They're going in towards the finish. And then they just kept going (laughs) and they just did more uh, from there on out. Um, It was so good. So many near falls towards the end of the match. Uh, Kyle hitting the last shot on Cole as well. They did a great pass out spot where Cole tried to hit the last shot and Kyle just passed out. They actually hit the brain buster on the steps and then Kyle started using the chain and then there was a chair that got placed upside down and then Kyle went up the the knee and the chain and then, oh my God, just so, so much great stuff in this match. And at the end of it, both of us were just like, oh my God, I'm just, I'm just out of breath. I'm just tired from watching this. It was incredible stuff. Really amazing. It was, and I can't, I must make sure that we mention the greatest kickout that I've ever seen mm. after the brain buster on the steps. Yes. Ever, I mean, I think we thought that that was probably the finish and Cole comes in and he, he pins O'Reilly and you get one, two, and Kyle doesn't even kick out. He just lifts his shoulder off the mat. Mm-hmm. It was perfect, perfect kickout. You couldn't have done this spot any better. And it's just yeah. like, we we talked a lot during the live reactions about the incredible selling of Kyle O'Reilly and the end stretch for basically everything since they set up two chairs, had a dueling strike sequence, and then went through the stage. Everything from that point on was like on another level of quality. And Kyle O'Reilly's selling went from just like amazing to otherworldly amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what he do. That that's what Kyle do. He's a very good wrestler. Um, yeah, I thought this was an amazing way to kind of uh, blow off the blood feud uh, for starters. Just as a straight, you know, look um, intense blood feud rivalry match. It was great, and also um, just as the main event of two nights of takeover, it fit. It felt like a big, huge main event style match. It went on for a lot longer than I thought it would as well. Um, just because of the time when the match started, uh, I believe it was like just shy of two hours long when the match started. It, I believe it was like one hour 50 of the show had gone already. So you're thinking maybe like 20 minutes, but it went like 45. <laughs> it was yeah. it was insane. Um, but this didn't feel over long as well. Like they packed it with enough action throughout it and they kept the pacing going really well that it never felt like it was dragging at any point, um, which I... I, I really enjoy and genuinely that's a that's a marvel in and of itself um and just like it wasn't just mindless spots either there was so much like psychology involved with it like the the cole yanking the chain up across kyle's neck he then just targeted kyle's neck for like the entire match and was all building to that that brain buster on the step spot featuring the best kick out in the world um it was all just everything played into each other for the whole match and everything just 
built and built and built organically through the whole thing until we got to yeah the epic crescendo of Cole putting a chair upside down in the ring and uh, Kyle going from off the top rope, wrapping the chain around his knee and kneeing the back of Adam Cole, who's lying on the chair that's upside down. It was awesome. It was really great. I, I was, yeah, exhausted by the end of it. And if you haven't seen the, the live reactions, by the way, there's a, a cut down of the best moments that's already gone up uh, on this very channel, which you can check out. And uh, yeah, if you you can, you can can there's chapters on it. So you can uh, skip ahead to, to that match in particular. If you want to just watch us, just mark out for every single like near fall towards the end because it was ridiculous. Both of us bought into every single one of them. It was incredible. Loved it. Absolutely it- loved it. It was it was one of the best matches of the year so far. Mm-hmm. And to me, what kind of stood out was, again, you were saying that it felt like they could go 20 minutes at the start because of the time and everything, and then ended up going much longer. Probably about like five to 10 minutes in, I was like, oh, this hasn't had like the level of intensity and the speed that I was expecting out of this match. Thinking that we were like halfway through, but when mm-hmm. you then look at it in full, and realized that no, they were probably closer to like a quarter of the way through. And then the last three quarters of the match are just like insane spots and great pacing and everything like that. I mean, they just elevated their game to another level. It was fantastic. Love this match. Loved it. Yes, Ooh. absolutely. And I, I had very high hopes for this match and they, <clears throat> they stood up and delivered. That's what they did. I was wondering how long it was going to take before someone said stood and delivered. Yeah, they did. They did it. We got this match. Yeah, it took 12 minutes, which is many more minutes than I thought it would be. (laughs) Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Let's have a look and see what you guys think. Let's get into your ultra chats. If you've not got yours in yet, if you want your message read out on the stream, russeltalk.com forward slash support. It's the link that's on the screen right there. You can go in and get them in and chat about what you thought about the show. Uh, BennyBoy004 said, love the main event last night. Shame they got Keith Lead with their music. Still better than Cole's New Japan theme. I mean, his New Japan theme wasn't good, but mm. I mean, it's at least it had some like a little bit of personality to it. It had him yeah. saying Adam Cole, baby, a bunch at the beginning. That's more than I can say for this song. Yeah, this was. Literally, if you think about the most generic wrestling theme song you possibly could. It's it's about that. Like, it, like yeah. it's it's fine. It's fine. But for Kyle Riley and Adam Cole, two of the biggest stars they've got in NXT. Hmm. Feel like mm-hmm. they should have something else. And going from the Undisputed Era's music, which is one of the best theme songs that NXT has ever had, to that, like, oh. Yeah, I, I was I was not expecting them to get the WCW Cruiserweight treatment. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. the new guy comes in. It's like, all right, stock music, number number six, that's yours, you know. Yep. And, and then they never, I hope they get a new song, you know, for God's sakes. Because, I mean, Rey Mysterio had that, that Cruiserweight music for years in WCW. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping that they've got someone else in the works, maybe, but I don't I don't have much hope uh for yeah. that one because they kind of built it up a little bit. Yeah, they don't really have the best track record with their songs in uh over the No, I can't I can't tell where the Tempest is freezing or I'm freezing, but it's 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 one of us. Um anyway, I'll I'll see if I can read out another uh ultra chat here. Because I don't know whether me or Tempest is gone right now. Um, Ed Pope says, do you think that Vince McMahon watched this takeover? And if so, do you think he recognizes the difference in booking, storytelling, and use no. of talent compared to the main roster that he oversees? What a fantastic two nights of wrestling that was. Jam that jam. Um, hey, Tempest, was it me or you hey. that was freezing? I can't tell. I th- I think it was me. I haven't had trouble with... It's Tempest. Great. Yeah, All with my internet Tempest. or with any of this before. So hopefully that doesn't continue. doesn't that look would... like it should. That would be ideal. Um, but yes, yeah. uh, did did you get the ultra chat that I just read out? I did, yes. Okay, good. Um, do you think Vince McMahon watched this takeover? No. 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 I don't, th- and, I don't think Vince watches any NXT. And do you think he recognized the difference in booking, storytelling, and use of talent compared to the main roster of the overseas? No. 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 Because... He, he's set in his ways. He, he'd have done that several years ago if that was the case i don't think this is the show that would have changed his mind because look at the entirety of nxt that would have changed his mind since like 2012 and Mm -hmm. it's 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 not happened really so yeah no i I don't think that's gonna um change anything yeah Um, i mean when when you've got the daniel bryan babyface run and the Sami Zayn nxt babyface run happening at the same time you can kind of tell that like 
yeah, he's not checking NXT for notes to see how it's done. You know, and I that that's they said a long time ago that uh, that Vince McMahon has seen as much wrestling outside of WWE in his life that we've seen in like the last two days. So mm. I don't think that's changed with him getting older. No, no. Like you said, very set in his ways. Um, go on more here from Zachary T. Robinson that says, hey, guys, yet to see Cole O'Reilly, but it's on my to do list. Definitely watch it. I wonder what's going to happen with Fish and Strong now following the match. What are your thoughts? Also, Chopper, did you ever find out who's Chinese? Hashtag Quizzlemania. Hashtag FDF. Hashtag OFE. <laughs> definitely not going to say what that last one stands for. Um, yes, you should definitely watch the match. It's great. Um, and what's going to happen with Fish and Strong? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. We, we mentioned this very briefly on the on the live reactions as well, because obviously Fish has such a huge history with Kyle as part of you know Red Dragon and all that stuff. Um, but I feel like this whole thing is designed to make Kyle O'Reilly a huge singles star. So for Fish to come back and them to go back into the tag division, I don't think would make any sense but I don't know how well Fish would fare by himself as a singles wrestler. Maybe he teams up with Strong. Maybe they're a tag team, and that that could work, potentially. Um, or maybe they have their own beef with Adam Cole and they come back and do their own kind of like split-off feud thing with him for a bit. I, I genuinely don't know, um, but I'm, I have faith that NXT will do something good with it. Yep. I mean, I think, I think you basically covered it. I don't think that the ceiling is very high for Bobby Fish as a singles guy. And I also don't see him going back into a team with Kyle O'Reilly. I think that would be kind of a waste of the momentum that Kyle has accumulated over the last six months or so. I think Roddy Strong is probably going to fare better than Bobby Fish. Roddy Strong's like a really great singles wrestler. He's proven that in NXT, in Ring of Honor, everywhere he's wrestled, basically. I, again, don't really think of him as like a WWE main roster guy, like someone who would have a bunch of success on the main roster. I hope I'm wrong because I love Roddy Strong, but I don't know. I'm very kind of wary of what the rest of Undisputed Era is going to do because I think the guys with the biggest upside are Cole and, Cole and O'Reilly. Yes. Agreed. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do regardless. Um, we'll get into more of your Ultra Chats uh, uh, getting towards the end of the show. If you want to get them in, WrestleTalk.com forward slash support about anything you want to say about NXT TakeOver, and we'll read out your messages by the time we get to the end of the show. Before we get into reviewing the rest of the show as well, we're sponsored by Beer 52. We're hey, we like beer, especially with WrestleMania coming this weekend. We're most certainly going to need it. Because it's going to be two long nights. Even though there's only seven matches, you know there's going to be a bunch of filler. So what are you going to do in the meantime? Have your beer. Beer52.com forward slash WrestleTalk. There's a link in the description and you can get yourself, UK viewers only, a case of free craft beer. All you have to do is get is pay for shipping, which is like five quid. And you get a whole crate. There's like loads of, there's like eight beers in here. It's great. <laughs> Trust me. Um, so yes, follow that link. And also... You, if you're in the UK, you might as well just check out anyway. Even if you're not planning on getting it, just clicking the link really does help the channel as well. So do that. Thank you. BF52.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Also, before we get into the review, I kind of just want to take my jacket off. Honestly, I'm a bit... It's just a bit. I mean, you know, I know, I know. It's it's heating up. You know, the the weather's getting warmer. But isn't that like, yeah, like sacrilegious? Isn't 
would 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 Mr. Davis fine. like? Would he be all right with that? I'm I'm. I mean, you don't need to you don't need to tell him or anything. I mean, he's not gonna. It's NXT. He's not gonna watch. He's an AEW mark. Of course, he's not gonna watch. Oh, but, you know that that is a good point. It's fine. I, I mean, you don't need to tell him or anything, but it's fine. I didn't watch the. It didn't. I didn't wear it for the live reactions for both nights. I'm sure it'll be fine, right? It's fine. Right. It's fine. It's fine. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Oh, you're right. I don't right. need I it. I, 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 don't need I, it. I just don't want to wear the jacket, okay? Okay, Tempest, can we just drop it? I just don't oh. want to wear the jacket, all right? Okay. All right. Okay. Yep. Great. Cool. Let's do it. All right. Anyway, let's get into the rest of the show. Um, going in chronological order, on night one, uh, we had a pre-show match of Zoe Stark versus uh, Tony Storm, um, which was announced for the pre-show. I didn't have particularly high hopes for this match just because I've not seen all that much of Zoe Stark. And I really, I really like um, Tony Storm as a wrestler. I think she's got a lot of potential. Um, and so I was thinking, well, you know, Tony's going to win, but it'll be a fun little, you know, exhibition match. And Zoe Stark just won, yeah. <laughs> which is really cool. Um, it was, it was a very, it was a really well done match as well. Like I got quite invested in it. Really like some solid, solid action between the two. And they still managed to somewhat protect Tony in defeat. And they had Zoe Stark win via roll-up. But it still felt like she deserved the win. It wasn't like a cheap victory at the same time. Uh, so I, I think they did they did a really good job of, of putting over Zoe Stark and saying that she's got a future in NXT while also still protecting Tony and still making her feel like a big deal coming out of it as well. It's really good stuff, I thought. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was very easy to believe that this match would just kind of be like, a fairly short, mostly one-sided affair with Tony getting the win in the end. And that's not what we got here. Like, obviously, Tony was the more established star going in and therefore took a lot more of the match than Zoe Stark. But Zoe Stark coming out and having a very competitive match and ultimately getting the win did a lot for her. You know, they clearly, like, when they have someone in mind that they want to push in the future, you can kind of tell. And it's not like... It's not like Tony Storm was going up against like Aaliyah, who's been there forever and still isn't very good, you know. But Zoe Stark is someone that they clearly see a bunch of potential in. And going forward, we were talking about how there isn't like a ton of top women's baby faces to face, you know, Raquel Gonzalez now going forward. Maybe not right away, but Zoe Stark could definitely step into that role with a few more wins. Yeah. 100%, yeah. Um, I don't think we need to say too much more about the match, but yeah, I'm, I think it was solid booking. Really looking forward to seeing what Zoe Stark can do. I'm now more invested in her, which, you know, mission accomplished. For That that was the point of the match. So, so yeah, it was great. Um, the actual opener of the main show on night one was Pete Dunne versus Kushida, uh, which was a match that didn't have all that much build at all. Um, but regardless, you go, it's Pete Dunne versus Kushida, and everyone goes, okay, I'm into it. Yep. Um, and shock horror. It was a great match. Uh, yep. Both of them are, you know, absolutely fantastic at what they do. Amazing technical wrestlers, uh, really fun, inventive spots through the whole thing. Lots of like, they did, they, they did like a proper like submission mat wrestling sequence at the end of the match rather than at the start, which was really cool. I just like, like the inversion of that and then being, uh, like versatile enough to just pull off different parts with different bits of psychology doing the same thing. It was yeah, it's great. Um, eventually Don managed to win with a bitter end. It was awesome. Really enjoyed it. Great opener. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this to me was like the, the prime example on this first night of every match being different. 
we went into we went into detail more about it during the night one live reactions about how Pete Dunne and Kushida was going to be like the the technical wrestling showcase. You had obviously Ciampa and Walter that we'll get to, which was like the really brutal, you know, just brawl. And then again, everything there from that point on was still different. You know, you had Raquel and and EO being different. But this this to me was just like you put two of the best technical wrestlers on your brand and just say, go have a match. And you don't necessarily need like a lot of really deep story and emotional connection behind a match like this, because I know William Regal has said it very often that you go out there and you tell a story in the ring. And sometimes that's all you need. And these two are two of the best at doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Yeah. They did tell a very good story through the whole thing. And yeah, it looked like Kushida had several points where you're like, okay, well, Kushida's going to win here. This is great. But no, they just keep fake, uh, kept faking you out until eventually Dunn hit the bitter end uh, and managed to get the win. Really solid stuff. Really, really cool. Love the opener. Really like, and those two matches, the pre-show match and this, I was like, that's a really good start. Danny's takeover. Yeah. Let's hope this carries on. It did. Because next, it was the Gauntlet Eliminator match, which going into it, again, I was like, don't have huge expectations for this match. But, you know, there's some there's some people in there that I like. So we'll see how it goes. And it was Bronson Reed. I love Bronson Reed. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> he was the guy that ended up winning the Gauntlet Eliminator, which made me very happy because I bloody love uh, Bronson Reed. Um, but the actual match itself, like going through, it started off with Leon Ruff and and Swerve. And obviously those two have had a bit of a, a rivalry. Leon Ruff got beaten up on his entrance. Um, Swerve, do it, you know, obviously he was turned heel recently and going, leaning into that heavily with this one. Um, they had some really solid action going back and forth. We had uh, all the other guys starting to come in, Cameron Grimes and Dexter Loomis and uh, Bronson Reed. And finally, LA Knight. They all kind of came uh, in sequence. LA Knight cutting a promo as he came out just running verbally running down everyone until Bronson Reed uh kind of came up behind him and just interrupted his promo which I thought was a, a nice little spot. Um I'm not super sold on LA Knight in NXT currently. Um I don't think he did enough in this match in particular to really stand out. He had a, a really cool couple of little spots. Like he did a thing where he dived, uh, he jumped straight from the, the bottom, straight up to the top rope and then hit a big like superplex off the top. Cool little spot that. But also he got eliminated and is now in a feud with Dexter Loomis because he, he, he rolled up Loomis. Loomis was choking out Cameron Grimes. LA Knight rolled up Loomis. And then after he got eliminated, Loomis choked him out. So it looks like we're going to be having an LA Knight Dexter Loomis feud. And I don't know if that's the feud that LA Knight needs to solidify himself in NXT. No, no. See, like my, my issue with this and LA Knight, and I don't want to sound like I'm bashing him necessarily, but when I see LA, LA Knight, I don't see a guy who fits like the WWE model necessarily. Because his his biggest strength is his promo ability. And mm-hmm. I'm sure he will be able to get over scripted promos. You know, most I'm sure some of his work in, in NXT is, uh, is following a script as is. But his in-ring work, it's like, it's good. But it's not like Kushida is signing and you've got this amazing, like, technical master 
coming in and he's just going to be able to blow away people with his matches and everything like that. It's not quite like that. I like an LA Knight a lot more to someone like EC3, who's mm-hmm. got like a good character and is really good on the mic, but his in-ring work is just like, it's good. It's like, it's mm-hmm. passable, but I'm not going to be super excited seeing LA Knight's name on a marquee for a big takeover match. Mm-hmm. And that to me is kind of a little bit of an issue, especially when one of the driving factors for NXT for a long time has been the in-ring work. And then just like multiply that with him facing Dexter Loomis of all people mm-hmm. who I actively dislike and don't <laughs> want to see on a marquee at all. It's just, this is a combination that I did not want to see happen. Yeah. It's a shame. I, I, I like Dexter Loomis. I don't like the character he's got, but I think his look is great. And I think his presence in the ring is great. And his acting is very good. Like the, he's playing the character very well. I just don't like the character. That's yeah. that's my issue with it. Um, but yeah, so those two kind of seemingly are getting into a feud going forward. Uh, Leon Ruff got eliminated off a thing we didn't see. Like the camera didn't catch it. It was just as someone was making their entrance, it was like, and Leon Ruff is eliminated. And we were like, Oh, okay. Yeah, a little weird. Sure, sure, whatever. Um, but then uh, Cameron Grimes gets eliminated by Swerve, and it gets down to Swerve and Bronson Reed as the final two. And Bronson kicked out of loads of house calls from Swerve. <laughs> I think it was like three of them just kept kicking out of all of them, uh, and eventually managed to hit the uh, the. Hu- I don't know the name of it. That huge like uh, driver thing that he does, where he's got them uh, on his back and their heads. Uh, now the bottom of his back and then he just sits down and the head gets crushed on the mat it's great yeah i i know i know uh hangman page called it the dead eye but i don't know what uh well like the technical term for the move yeah yeah yeah. um and then he hits his uh tsunami splash and managed to get the pin and win let's go bronson um uh yeah loved love that because i I really like bronson reed and i just want him to be successful because i think he's great um and this led into, we'll talk about it now, this led into the night two match of the, uh, what he actually got for winning that match was a North American title match against Johnny Gargano, which happened on night two. And uh, this match, I thought, started off quite slow. Yep. Um, it, it was quite plodding to start with, and it felt a little bit formulaic. But by the time we got to the end of this match, I thought it was great. I thought it was a really, really fun match by the end of it. So many close calls, and you're like, Ah, this is going to be the finish. Here we go. Here comes Bronson Reed. Going to hit the spot. No, wait, there's Austin Theory. Never mind. And then, oh, no, uh, Gargano's got the Gargano escape. This could be... No, Bronson Reed's got the ropes. And it just kept going like, okay, this is the finish. Oh, they're, go- they- they're going still. Okay, no. Okay, well, this is the finish. Wait, no, they're still going. And because it was kind of in the, like, the middle of the card for night two, you didn't expect it to, to have like the Cole O'Reilly treatment of like, near full, near full, near full, near full here's the finish kind of thing but it kind of got into that territory a little bit and i really really bought into it really enjoyed it plus you know on a personal note i just wanted bronson to win because i love bronson reed um uh and gargano managed to win eventually with two slingshot ddts after uh bronson managed uh, he missed uh tsunami splash uh, and it was a really really fun match really i just want bronson reed to do well and this i thought did a really good job of putting him over um made him look like a really big deal and like on another day he could have beaten gargano which i think is he looked really strong in defeat which is an important thing to to do yeah i really liked how they did a lot of the selling in this match where Mm. johnny gargano hit his like 
through the rope spear and Bronson Reed didn't go down, but he still made it clear that like it hurt him. It's not like it just bounced off him and he felt no effect. He sold his midsection, but it was still clear that like, yeah, Johnny just tried to spear like a brick wall. You know, it didn't quite work out for him. And there was a lot of that throughout the match. And I really did enjoy it. And like you said, I totally agree that it started off feeling kind of slow. And I feel like that was them establishing this story that they were telling where Bronson Reed was like, you know, he's the big, thick man and you need to work a little bit harder to to get him down and work on his knee or attack different parts of his body. You can't just, you know, go for your tried and true moves that have worked on everyone else. But by the end, this was just one of the most fun matches between both shows, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and also this match was one of many, one of five to feature one of my favorite new additions to NXT. <laughs> <laughs> so on some of the matches, mainly the uh, the title matches, they introduce these little these little stats graphics. Uh, just to, as they're introducing, you know, they get into the ring and then they they do their introductions and from wherever they are, how much they weigh, and and here's their name. They had the little stats page come up on the side and they say, you know, their their finishing move, build height, all that jazz. And then they had intangible. The intangibles. The intangibles was what got introduced. So for this match. Bronson Reed, the intangible that Bronson Reed had, the intangible advantage that Bronson Reed had, agility. What? I mean, that's not. That's not. Wouldn't be my first pick for Bronson Reed. Um, agility. Surely you'd think you know, power or thickness with two C's, obviously. You know, he, strong the, the, base. Yeah, like there's there's lots of things that you immediately think of when you think of Bronson Reed, and also agility is tangible. It's not intangible. It's <laughs> it's, it's it's something you can even measure. Like, I didn't even thought of it that way. <laughs> oh, it's 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 quite tangible. It's you even can tell better. when someone's agile. You know uh oh goodness me um oh i love it even more now yeah johnny gargano so we had bronson reed intangible agility johnny gargano adaptable which sure he might be adaptable makes sense if the first one's agility shouldn't that be adaptability to fit (laughs) with the the actual like phrasing of it oh god the intangibles was my favorite bit of the entire show that's a lie the matches were better but it was so funny i so badly want to know how all of this comes together like i want to know if it's just if it's just like triple h and Shawn michaels just messing around backstage like um well you know what uh let's go let's go with agility for this one and Mm -hmm. uh, adaptable for this one with Shawn. that doesn't make sense Uh, shut up doesn't matter (laughs) shut up it's fine. I I need to know whose job it is to come up with the intangibles because this is just amazing. Mm-hmm. There are big yeah. guys that you would think of as being like agile. Like Umaga yeah. was pretty agile. He moved around Keith a Lee. lot. Keith Lee is very yeah. agile. Yeah. Dominic Dijakovic could be described as agile. Yeah. I would not describe Bronze uh, Bronson Reed as 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 an I mean, agile man. I mean, he's he's pretty agile for a big man, but like. That's not like his big thing that he has. Like Keith Lee's thing is that he's a big, powerful lad, but he also does all the flips and the moonsaults and things. 
Yep. Whereas like Bronson Reed is like, he's a big man. He can do like a big splash and stuff like that. He did a cartwheel in this match, but like that's not his big selling point. His big mm-hmm. selling point is he's colossal, or as I prefer, he's thick. Much better. But yeah. Big thick um, boy. We we will uh we'll talk more about the intangibles later. Um, but going back to night one, uh, we then had Walter versus Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT UK title. Goodness me. This was match of the night for night one. Um, uh, for me anyway. And God, they beat the ever-loving crap out of each other for ages. It was the best. And when when you look at something like uh, Walter's match with Ilya Dragunov, that was literally just like, we're going to kill each other for a bit. And then I'll pin you. All right. Yeah. That, that's that's the match. That's that's it. This one was I'm gonna we're gonna beat each other up for ages, but we're also gonna tell a story while we do it because we can do that. Champa was working over Walter's hand for the whole thing so that he couldn't chop with his right hand. That's Walter's thing, and he couldn't chop with his right hand because he did. He tried to do a chop early on, and on the uh, as Champa was lying across like the commentary desk, missed and hit the commentary desk. He split like the cover that was on it. It was a little bit cartoony, but I think, still think it looked really cool. And kind mm. of split the, the the thing in half just from the sheer power of Walter's arm, which is great. Um, and then Champa was working over his arm for the whole thing. so that And Walter's selling of it through the whole match was great. So that he couldn't chop properly with his right hand. So he was chopping with his left through the whole thing. Just wasn't as powerful. Really like that. And then it all built up and built and built and built to the point where it got towards the finish... Walter just got this huge, like, suplex, just grabbed him around the neck and just threw Champa across him in this, uh, like, suplex. Champa got up and he just hit a massive chop with his right hand, full power, just bang, and then pinned him off the chop. And it was perfect. I've seen some people being quite down on the fact that it ended with a chop, but that's Walter's thing. And they built to it organically through the story of the match. Like, there's not many people that can pull off a chop as a, as a proper finish. Walter is one of those people. And I oh, think yeah. this worked so perfectly. And the, the entirety of the rest of the match was so much fun. That's just like a small portion of what was great about this match. And we don't have enough time to go through everything because that would just describe the whole match. But it was just so physical, so brutal for the whole thing. It all just worked so well together. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, if you complain about this match ending with a chop, like that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion, but I don't, I don't know that we could be friends after that. <laughs> this was just—I ranted and raved about Walter over the last two days, just being like a perfect pro wrestler. And this, to mm-hmm. me, it wasn't like a perfect match. Like it wasn't, it wasn't perfect, but it was everything I wanted it to be. Like, this Mm -hmm. was just so much fun. Again, it was so different from anything else on the card, on anything this week, really. It was just so totally unique. And the storytelling and the the build to just one chop at the finish, oh, it was so good. I Mm love these two together. Oh, we we also didn't mention Champa, bald head, big improvement. He shaved his head. He doesn't have the hair. He shaved his head. Oh, Oh, he's de-aged by 30 years. I love it. Great stuff. Yeah, everything about this was just superb. Walter is just the friggin' man. Just yeah. excellent. 
Yep. Whoa. Absolutely perfect stuff. Really enjoyed this. Um, and also, the most important part, we had intangibles for this match because yeah. Tommaso Ciampa was psychotic. Okay. Sure. I can... And that's a bit more intangible. I, I can guess that. You can't really measure how psychotic someone is, I guess, in wrestling terms anyway. Walter, unbeatable. Yeah. Ciampa should have just gone home. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just can't beat him. Just, you just can't look at the it. graphic and be like, oh, he's unbeatable? All right. Well, I tried. Yeah. Yep. Oh, well. On your way. Not much I can do. See you later. Uh, and he proved that by by winning. Um, yeah. Those ones aren't quite as bad. There's a couple others that we'll come to that are much worse. Um, so yes, we had that one. Then we had the, uh, triple threat, uh, tag title match. I realized that we're currently going to run over on time if we don't speed things up a little bit. So let's do that. Um, we had MSK versus Grizzly Jong Vets versus Legado del Fantasma for the vacant, uh, tag team titles after Danny Birch got injured. Love this match. Again, like you said, so much variety on this show. This was just really fun, fast paced action. Just spot, 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 basically through the whole thing. It was great. And I really liked towards the end of this as well. They seem to be setting up that like Grizzly Jong Vets and MSK are like the, the we're destined to do this forever teams things. Uh, and they had their own kind of like finishing sequence together as Legato had already been taken out. And MSK managed to pick up the win, um, which was cool. I personally would have gone with Grizzly Jong Vets winning and then having MSK beat them down the line for the titles. But this still is fine. I really like MSK. They're a great team. Really fun match. It's great. Yep. I mean, you, you hit the nail right on the head. I really like how these two teams are are being set up to to do this forever and be the long term rivalry because that's been what's missing from the NXT tag division for like a year basically. And it was so 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 good. Again, so different from anything else on the card. I really really love MSK. I'm really mm. happy to see like a real proper tag team on top of the tag division in NXT because it's when what has been missing for so so long. Oh, it's just so much fun stuff. I really, really enjoyed this match. This was the one I was looking forward to the most on night one. Obviously, mm. Walter and Ciampa ended up taking the uh, the top spot for the night anyway, but I still really enjoyed this. So much fun mm. stuff. This was just fun in a wrestling ring. Yeah, yeah. The, the Walter Ciampa one was the one that made you go, oh my God, through the whole thing. And this yep. one was the one that made you go, oh my God. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's similar. It's very different. Um. And then we had uh, the main event for night one was Rakoa Gonzalez versus Io Shirai for the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, another really cool match uh, that was set up quite differently through the build. This is a really long-term story that they've been kind of plugging away at for ages uh, with Rakoa kind of pinning uh, Shirai in the War Games match and stuff like that. And it all built to Raquel was probably going to win the title, and she did. Um, she managed to, to put off Shirai. Some fun match, uh, fun action through this match. We had Shirai like diving off the big skull on the entrance. I haven't even spoken about the entrance stage. I thought it looked really cool. I thought the skull mm -hmm. was really nice. They had little graphics in the in like the eye sockets. It's good looking stage. Liked it. Um, we had yeah, Io diving off the skull. It was a huge dive. It looked like a rough landing. Um, oh, yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, but Raquel managed to win fairly dominantly. And uh, she's the new NXT Women's Champion. And I think NXT's done done a very good job in making her a star. I think they've done a really, really good job. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they. I haven't been super invested in the NXT Women's Division over the last year, which has been a shame because, I mean, the NXT Women's Division is probably the best women's division anywhere besides maybe mm -hmm. like stardom or something like mm -hmm. that. And 
honestly, ever since Rhea Ripley was beaten by uh, uh, beaten at WrestleMania last year, it just kind of felt like the NXT women's division just kind of was put on the back burner. And even when Io Shirai was women's champion, like she didn't have those really memorable storylines and really memorable title defenses. They were all good. Like her match with Dakota Kai was good. The triple threat with Tony and and uh, Mercedes Martinez was good. But they all just kind of felt like those placeholder takeover matches where you can kind of tell when, you know, when Asuka was defending against Ruby Riot and uh, Nikki Cross, as opposed to Ember Moon, that like one of those matches feels a bit more important than the other. Mm-hmm. And this to me was the important match that EO had been waiting for, as opposed to the others, which were just, they were good matches, but they really made this match something special. You know, mm-hmm. they, they built up Raquel as like the biggest star in the women's division for a long time, did a really good organic long-term build with that and culminated it with her winning the title, which is what you should do in WWE. She would go to WrestleMania and lose. Yeah. And that's not what happened here. So props to them. They did better than Shayna Baszler's push last year. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Really enjoyed it. And it was a really cool way to end night one. I thought night one, great night of wrestling. Loved it. I think there was the one really good standout match of Walter versus Champa, but everything on the card was great. There's really so much variety, so much stuff to enjoy across the whole night. Thought it was awesome. Uh, going into night two, we had the pre-show match of Killian Dane and Drake Maverick versus Breezango, with the winners getting a tag team title shot against the new tag champions MSK. Uh, this was a match. This felt like a TV match to me. It never really picked up. It didn't feel like it was special in that many ways. It was a match, and Dane and Maverick won. Yeah. There you go. It- yeah, it, it really was just kind of like another match, you know, and that's disappointing because you would think that takeovers have a bit like higher expectations on them. But I don't know, like Zoe Stark and Tony Storm is a pre-show match, and we enjoyed that far more than this one. This was just a match, unfortunately. Yeah, across both nights, this was the weakest match um, for yep. me, um, for sure. Um, but then we got into the main show of night two and we started off with Santos Escobar versus Jordan Devlin in their ladder match to have the um, the unified cruiserweight champion. Uh, and this was, again, quite different because this was just high spots, the match. Uh, <laughs> lo- loads and loads of high spots in this match. Like Devlin doing a huge moonsault from the top of a ladder, like going to the very top rung and then diving not that far away and his head coming very close to the ladder as it came down. It- Whew. It, was, it was it was scary, but it was great. They did like Spanish flies off the ladders. Escobar uh, head-butted Devlin off a ladder and he fell through a ladder that was set up in the corner, which was actually the finishing spot. Uh, they had loads of stuff going on in this match. Look out at El Fantasma got involved and just started beating up Devlin for a little bit. Loads of stuff in this match that was really, really fun. Very fast-paced. Loads of just high spots and crazy action. And Santos Escobar picked up the win and is now the unified Cruiserweight champion, which... I think is a good decision. I I quite like the fact because I think if Devlin won, it would have made Escobar just feel like, oh, he was always the interim champion before they could get Devlin back and that's it. Whereas this makes it feel like, no, he's actually just really good. He he deserves to be the champion kind of thing. Um, So maybe they're going to have Devlin recapture it at some point, but I think Santos winning here is actually the right call. That that is a good point that I actually hadn't considered uh, up to this point. Some of this match, like, I really did enjoy, like, the spots. Like, this was a very creative 
ladder match. And both of these guys are obviously very talented, but there were a number of moments where I was just like, there was just a disconnect of what I was supposed to be feeling because Mm -hmm. these guys on paper are both supposed to be heels and they, that wouldn't be a problem. They just kind of like had a straight wrestling match with neither guy really having like an advantage or anything like that. That would be fine. But it seemed at some point that Santos Escobar was kind of like leaning towards being a baby face. And we definitely saw that with the post match, but like Legato del Fantasma rent ran in and cost Jordan Devlin the match, which is definitely a heel move. And then Santos won and celebrated the match with his son, like gave his son one of the belts, gave him his mask. And I was like, am I supposed to be booing this child? You know, like there was just, yeah, that's just weird. Like there was just a disconnect there. You know, like if they just took out the son thing at the end, I don't think I would have had like any issue with any of this, but that Mm -hmm. was just such a weird, like, like, why, why would you do that? You know, like, I don't want to see the heel celebrating with his young child. I don't know. Just odd. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was something. Um, Before I forget as well, they didn't have any intangibles for this match, but they did have intangibles for the uh, Io Shirai Raquel Gonzalez match, which we've already spoken about. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez, powerhouse. It's your guess is strong. Right. Yeah, um, she's strong. I, I I still feel like that is quite tangible, but you know that's fine. You can measure someone's strength quite easily. Um, Io Shirai, fearless. So is that a noun or an adjective? They keep flip-flopping <laughs> between nouns and adjectives for, for what these intangibles are, and it's tripping me out. Uh, mm, yeah, It's really odd. Like, we it's... noticed that, I think, in the, the Bronson-Reed-Johnny Gargano match. Yeah. I'm just like, one is agility, the other is adaptable. Why aren't these uniform? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, that wasn't the worst one, though. That wasn't the worst intangible. That came to the next match because the next match was the NXT women's t- uh, tag team uh, title match between Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart versus The Way. Um, out of the main show matches, I thought this was the weakest out of yeah. them. Um, it, it was just kind of there. Like it felt a little bit disjointed. I felt like the psychology wasn't quite there through the match. There wasn't that much of a, a connection with a lot of the story trying to be told on it. Um, it never really clicked for me there was some fun action but it never really like felt like it built too much or meant a lot there was a rough looking dive from Shotzi Blackheart who she just really didn't get caught and just kind of bashed herself into the barricade like a rough landing but it was just something was a bit lacking in the whole match um and Emma Moon and, and Shotzi retained yeah it was there yeah, this this was just another match that was just kind of there. Like I I ranted last night about how I just don't like anything having to do with the NXT women's tag team titles and the mm-hmm. whole situation. I I'm not buying into these belts. I don't think they feel important. And mm-hmm. that just kind of that makes the matches feel less important as well. Yeah. I don't really buy Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart as a team either, you know, like they very much feel thrown together. Whereas at least the way is like a team that has a little bit of history together. That's cool. I like that. But like, I don't know, this just felt, felt kind of slow. Didn't really feel all that interesting. And then the work in it just wasn't as high of a level as the other matches on this show. 
And before we get into that, there are people trying to point out to me in uh, in the chat here that like, oh, Santos Escobar and his son have like a really special relationship and whatnot. And that goes back. That's fine. I, I mean, I would hope that he and his son would have a special relationship and everything. But if he's a heel, I don't want to see a heel celebrating with his child like that. Yeah, that's that's different. There's there's a line in the sand there that's that's mm-hmm. being crossed. You know, so I just wanted yeah. to to make sure to nail that point home. But yeah, this tag match was just kind of like bleh, you know, whatever. Yeah. If it was if it was deleted off the show, I think the show would probably have been a bit better, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if this had happened on an episode of NXT, I think it would have been like, oh, this is a pretty good match. Like, it's a really fun, really solid, good TV match. But because mm. it was on a takeover and with the quality of everything else surrounding it, you just kind of felt like, hmm. This isn't yeah. quite the same quality as everything else. It's like it, it um, brings the average of the show down when TakeOver mm. is so excellent, you know? Yeah, yeah. That, I, that's just the, the thing you have with TakeOver is that you have such high expectations because it's TakeOver. And if the mm-hmm. match doesn't reach it, then it just feels like a bit worse than it actually is, I think. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, however, what's even worse than the match was their intangibles. Intangibles! <laughs> because... Emma Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. <laughs> Emma Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Their intangible was fiery and ballsy. Great fiery ballsy of fire. <laughs> oh my goodness. Fireys and ballsies. Ooh, oh, it's not good. It's not good, is it, lads? Goodness oh. me. This... Fiery and ballsy. Was the this the worst team. one? Was this the worst one? Fiery and ballsy. It's... Fiery and ballsy is pretty bad. I think the ways might be even worse because uh, the way was entitled and conviction. <laughs> Is it a noun or an adjective? <laughs> sort it out. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh my God. I'm crying. Oh, I it just wanted to be up. It makes no sense. Oh, oh God. It's so good. Do you, like I, I would imagine that they went with fiery and ballsy for these two because like Ember Moon, Fiery, and yep. Shotzi Blackheart is about yeah. like a ball pit, so ballsy. Yeah. But that's not how it works, you know? Yeah. Like you're not just fiery because your name is Ember, and you're not <laughs> ballsy because you like to play in a ball pit. Like this is the part where I feel like everything was an inside joke with these things. <laughs> they were just like, let's see how we can mess with the people with these ones. And then you get entitled and conviction in the other one. I was like, what does that have to do with anything? Oh my God, it's so funny. Entitled and conviction. How is being entitled an intangible thing that's going to help you in a wrestling match? I don't know. If you've got great conviction, that's that's, that's great. Oh man. These were really rubbish. I loved it, but they were rubbish. Um, My favorite thing. And then we had, finally, because we've already spoken about the main event, which was Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole, we had the NXT Championship match between Karrion Cross and Finn Balor. And again, I thought this was a really fun match. Um, I don't think it was quite of the same caliber as some of the other like NXT Championship matches we've had in the past. But mm-hmm. I, I still really like Karrion Cross's presentation and his look and just kind of how he's presented across his NXT run so far. I'm still into it. And I felt like this... This to me felt like a little bit of a soft reset for Cross because since yeah. he got injured and came back, he's been a little bit rudderless with his kind of direction in NXT. 
this felt like, okay, this is where he was supposed to be when he won the NXT Championship from, from Keith Lee before. This is He's now back at the same spot again. And now they can kind of do whatever they wanted to do with Cross before. Now's, now's the time they're going to do that from here. So I'm still quite interested in Cross. I, they, they still definitely have, they've retained my my uh, intrigue about him. And I'm, I'm looking forward to see what he can do on, on NXT going forwards. Uh, and I, I thought this was uh, pretty fun in terms of action in the match. I thought this was pretty cool. There was a couple of really brutal looking spots, like Bala hit a coup de gras and just, just stomped on him, just straight up. Um, it was a couple of really rough looking um, uh, Saido Doomsday suplexes from uh, yeah. from Cross as well. Bala just like landed on his head. A um, couple little things where like Cross kicked out of a of I think it was out of a coup de gras actually and went straight into the into the choke yes. on the back, which is really cool. Uh, yeah, it was it was a really fun match, really really fun match. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it, enjoyed it a lot. And obviously Cross won. I should point that out. He's the NXT <laughs> champion now. Yeah. Yeah, kind of important. But yeah, to me, a few things about this match. I think that knowing that Cross was eventually going to get back to this point made me care about Finn Balor's title reign a little bit less. Mm, you know, we talked yeah. about it last night, how Finn didn't really have like that much of a character. You know, he's just, he's the prince and that's just about it. He's you know, the there prince. wasn't, there wasn't anything else there. And knowing that WWE would just want to get back to where they were when Karrion Cross got injured, I think detracted from his reign, at least in my eyes. The matches mm-hmm. were still good, but it didn't, I don't know, it didn't have that same feeling of great greatness that like his first NXT title reign had. That being said, as far as like the match itself, I think that Karrion Cross, this was probably his best match since debuting in NXT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That being said, I definitely still think that there is work uh, to be done with him as far as like an in-ring competitor. He's still a little bit clunky to me, but again, that's what NXT is for. You know, you're mm. going to have your guys like Finn Balor and guys like Adrian Neville, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, whoever comes in that have been wrestling for like 10, 15 years. Karrion Cross isn't that way. He's only been wrestling for like a few years and he's got so much potential. So that just makes it like that much more exciting that once he gets to that point, he should be like one of the top stars in the business. It'll just be a matter of if he can capitalize on that potential. So mm-hmm. we'll see. But yeah, good match. Sure. Really enjoyed it. Yep. Really great. And then that led into the main event, which was the Adam Cole Kyler Riley match that we've already spoken about. But before that, we did have the intangibles for Cross and uh, Balor as well, because Cross, dominant striker. That's what he had. Dominant striker. Dominant one striker. Wins with those dominant strikes. Yep. The elbow thing or the forearm to the back. That's, that's a pretty dominant strike. I'll give you that. Yeah. That, that one's not as bad as Entitled and Conviction <laughs> or Fiery and Ballsy. And then Finn Balor is cold-blooded. You know. Yes. The like demon. demon. <laughs> demons. Notoriously cold-blooded. Those demons. Oh. Anywho, um hey I, i've seen i've seen media where like the devil and demons or whatever they are they like they live cold like hell is actually cold as opposed mm-hmm. to hot but yeah. i don't know it seems a little bit odd uh, yeah. randy orton could be cold-blooded i would like that as his sure. intangible but He's finn balor snake. yeah i don't know just picking picking words out of a hat yeah, yeah, they really did. They really went to randomwordgenerator.com and it was just yeah. like, oh, just pick something. <laughs> um, yes, uh, so that was the show overall. 
I thought that night two overall was of slightly lower quality than night one in terms of consistency across it. However, it did have the best match of the two nights with Colin, uh, Colin O'Reilly. Night one was a great show throughout and had the one standout match of Walter versus Champa as well for me. Uh, so they're, they're both really great overall. Like it, it's hard to pick between the two just because they both had such amazing high points. Um, yeah, it, it's like a high four out of five takeover for me. It's hard to say because it's a five out of five show because it was great pretty much the whole way through. For takeover standards across both nights, like a high four out of five, I think, just with like the couple pre-show matches, also the Dane Maverick pre-show match and like the women's tag title match. It's not quite of the same quality, but like pretty much everything else was really mm-hmm. good. Really, really good. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. takeover standards, like a, like a high four out of five. Yeah, if if we're going both of them together, because I gave the I gave night one a five out of five in the WrestleTalk News, and then yeah. I gave this one like a low four out of five because I think it would have been a three out of five show had the main event not been what it was. Incredible. The main event yeah. really picked up the average of this show. So if you put them both together, I would say that this was probably like a solid four out of five if you just put them together. You know, having just night one was just like as close to a perfect wrestling show as I can recall seeing during the pandemic. You know, there's been very few shows in the last year that have matched this level of quality. And then night two, I just didn't feel like had that same level of quality. Wasn't as crisp. The matches weren't as unique and as exciting. There was still really good wrestling on the show for sure. But I didn't feel like it had that same level that night one did. Uh, but now let's see what you guys thought of the show. Let's get into your ultra chats here. Uh, we're going to rinse through them relatively quickly because otherwise we're going to run over time. We're technically already time uh, over time already. Uh, Andre Barnes, in relation to Colin O'Reilly, said match of the year. Yeah, definitely so really far, good. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I've seen a lot of New Japan matches that were mm. also excellent, you know, so it, it'll be tough. But this this is in my top 10 for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Jay Zephyr says, uh, late to the show, but wanted to ask, did anyone else find the crowd for the main event a little obnoxious? The chance of break his neck during the chair around Kyle's neck really pulled me out of the show. Um, I will I say that, that. Is, that is that is a slight benefit of doing a live reaction stream and having to listen to like to Tempest to make sure I can hear all that stuff is I don't have the volume on the show super duper loud. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I didn't actually get most of the, the chance that the crowd were doing. I can tell when they are chanting, especially if it's like a loud one. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't actually get that. That that is kind of nuts. I don't know if I do like that necessarily. Yeah, kind of goes against a, the psychology of the match. Yeah, it's a little a little borderline CCW ECW for mm. my for my liking. You yeah. know, I don't like the idea of a bunch of like thirty year old men in Florida chanting to break someone's neck in a yeah. wrestling match when it's WWE. I don't know. Yeah. I don't and, like that. Like, about that is just yucky. It's like you're part of the experience of the show. And I think obviously you can say what you feel 110%. But when the the point of the match is designed to get Kyle O'Reilly over as a big single star, and you know that going in, you know that that's what they're trying to do. Actively going against that is kind of not a great thing to do, personally. Yeah. That's just what I'd say. But hey-ho. Um, 
Magnus comes in to say the song doesn't go boom boom. 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 No, it doesn't. Sorry. Magnus again comes in to say Cedric Alexander has a, a similar kick, uh, had a similar kick out to as O'Reilly, but I think it was on 205 a long time ago, so I guess not many people have seen it. Uh, but people should seek it out and try to find it. His shoulder was even lower than Kyle's in the kick out. Well, it sounds great. excellent. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry that it was on 205 Live. <laughs> yeah. And Cedric's a great wrestler, so, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, some general NXT Ultra Chats here. Brendan Harris says, Hi guys, with Finn losing the title, do you see them moving him up to the main roster or keeping him in NXT till they can have that Walter match we were robbed of last year? Also, while I agree, Cole's music is garbage, I actually enjoyed Kyle's. Fair enough. There you go. Yeah. Um, I hope they do Battle Walter. I think that would be great. <laughs> I truly want to see yeah. that match. Uh, yeah, I, I can totally see him at least challenging for the NXT UK title before doing whatever else he's going to do, whether that's main roster, whether that's whatever else he does. I think that that that's definitely something that should happen. I think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, get as many matches out of Finn Balor in NXT while you can. There's mm. still like a bunch of guys that he still has yet to wrestle. So just you know, take advantage of that because he probably won't come back for a third run in NXT. That would be nuts. So yeah, let's see some more matches while he's here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Justin Smith says, uh, looking at all the articles last night, people are sleeping on the best match of the night. Santos Escobar, the best name in WWE since ever, and Jordan put on a banger that stole the show for me. The story they told, plus the crazy spots. What a match. Uh, I thought it was great. I don't think it was as good as Col uh, Colin O'Reilly or as Walter Ooh. versus Champa, but it was still a very fun match. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I think that basically covers it. Like, it was really good, but I don't know. I, I would watch Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, like, 10 times over before I watch that match again. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, sure. it was just main event was just that good. Mm -hmm. uh, Kodiak1984 says, uh, I see LA Knight not being in the WWE mold, but as he is a great promo, he needs time to establish a character. So keeping him away from either titles, him losing here is the correct route to build him up. Once he establishes his character, he can take off. I mean, we'll yeah. see. I mean, again, my, my issues with him are not uh, character and promo work. It's it's his in-ring ability, just that he's good, but not like amazing, like so many of the people who have been the top stars in NXT have been. And yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, my, that's my goal for watching NXT is to see like really great matches. You know, obviously that's not the same goal that other people might have. You know, some people are more interested in seeing promos and storylines and character work and whatnot there's people who want to see dexter loomis you know so everyone's got a different opinion but that's mine uh kodiak1984 again just says just to add dexter loomis is probably the ideal feud to go to with going out of this event if it builds him up to be a future star i'm all for it i think wwe nxt have him as a future star la knight that is well i will say that i disagree Simply, there we go. You know. Agree to disagree. Uh, Dave Donaldson says, uh, intangibles were my favorite thing of the whole takeover. Yeah. WrestleMania needs to get these in their graphics pronto. Finn Balor, Finn Balor was cold-blooded lol. <laughs> sure, sure he was. Why yeah. not? Yeah, why the hell not? Uh, uh, also, I feel like that should be our name now. I feel like the NXT duo is the intangibles. That's what we I are. I like that. I yeah. like that. It's kind of like the expendables, but the exactly. intangibles. Yeah. We are the intangibles. Yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, That's perfect. Put it on a come, shirt. Come WrestleMania night two, um, because I believe the the gauntlet match is going to be starting off with myself versus Tempest in the opening match of the night. Does that mean we get the intangibles explode storyline? <laughs> 
it's it's a solid quick turnaround for the intangibles to explode (laughs) coming together at the end of a stream on friday and exploding Mm -hmm. at the beginning of a stream on sunday that's pretty ambitious but i think we can do it i i think we can make it work you son of a bitch god yeah hate you your guts god i've wanted to i've wanted to fight you for so long Pete. yeah it's been three straight streams unacceptable how will they coexist? Justin Smith says, uh, disagree. Santos match was uh, was well booked. They used the Ring of Honor formula where the more overheal or cool heel hams up the cool heel act, cheating but not doing overly evil stuff. Um, AEW does this a bit, but Ring of Honor perfected it. Santos looked like an absolute star. Uh, I disagree because he did do overtly very, very heel stuff. Legato del Fantasma came out and beat up Jordan Devlin. Um, so he's still the cool heel. And I think if they didn't have legato come out and help then i think yeah we'd be okay with with the whole like he's just a cool guy you know kind of thing he he just won and he's celebrating with his son afterwards cool great but it was because yeah. they had the very very heel tactics of legato coming out and costing devil in the match he was the the overt very very heel character and then it was like also he's got a kid way yeah i that that's the that's the only part that is the disconnect for me is the kid being out there because are you telling me that I should be cheering Santos Escobar after this match because he's got this kid and it's a really cute moment? Or are you telling me that I should be booing this child? Both of those yeah. options are very strange. And I, I don't know. I didn't like that dynamic. Yeah. Uh, Issa Smith says, uh, enjoyed hanging out in the streams with you two and the chats. I do agree with the other donation. The crowd took me out of the match at certain points. Felt like the this is awesome chants were poorly timed. Tables chant, break neck chants. Wasn't a fan. Yeah, I mentioned on the live reactions that the we want tables chant is genuinely one of my least favorite chants in all of wrestling. I I really dislike the we want tables chant just because they feel it feels like the crowd is very entitled. It's like, we want this thing, so you should do it. And if you don't do this thing, we're going to be really annoyed. It's like, they've already got a match booked. Stop changing what they've done. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, there is there is the thought process of like, well, you listen to the crowd and give them what they want, you know. So it's like if you could agree. work a table, yeah, it's like if you can work a table spot in, you know, you can do that. But at the same time, like, you know, watch the match and, and be happy. There were there were a bunch of like oddly timed. This is awesome chance where mm-hmm. some of them did kind of feel disingenuous, where it's just like. Is it is it really that awesome yet? Like I don't know. That 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 to me is more just like nitpicky type stuff where it's like it doesn't bother me that much. But if it gets pointed out, it's like yeah, that this is awesome. Like it was kind of hit and miss. Yeah, agreed. Uh, we've got another one here from Callum Mann that just says, "Hey guys, just want to say I'm super glad and happy the NXT reviews are back and you two are the perfect pair for its return. Also, really enjoyed the live reactions for the past two nights. Keep up the brill work. Thank you very much, Callum. Really do appreciate it, my dude. And yes, we're going to be doing weekly NXT reviews coming uh, starting this Wednesday because NXT is moving to Tuesdays. So, you guys watching right now, you're probably the biggest NXT fans because you're watching this takeover review. If you want us to keep doing the NXT reviews, the weekly ones, the best way to do it is to watch them because we really need you guys to watch them in order to justify us keeping them around and keep doing them because we need the people to watch. That's the way we can justify keeping them going because that's the reason we we got rid of them in the in the first place was because not enough people were watching them. So, please do check them out when they when they roll around. It will be me and Tempest, the Intangibles. Uh, standing intent. strong up i'm sure we'll be fine after wrestlemania nothing's gonna happen there um yeah. yeah uh so i believe that's all the ultra chats we've got 
um, for this episode. So thank you very much, everyone. Uh, NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. Great show. All things considered. Stood and delivered. It's, mm, yeah, certainly did. And it was intangible. Uh Thank you very much, everyone, for coming out and checking uh, this out. And for anyone who came part, uh, came out in the live reaction as well, really do appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Make sure to check out the link in the description or in the pinned comment, beer52.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Get your free case of craft beer, UK viewers only. Sorry, the rest of the world. And uh, yeah, also make sure to subscribe here because we've got loads more content coming up. We've got the SmackDown review coming tomorrow. We've got WrestleMania live reactions. Then we've got, they're going to be doing watching Raw live reactions. Ollie Luke are going to be watching Raw live God, that's going to suck for them. Uh, mm-hmm. And also then we've got uh, the Raw review on Tuesday. We've got the NXT review on Wednesday. We've got the AEW Dynamite review on Thursday. So much content. Subscribe here for all of it. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming out. We love you very much. Stay safe. Take care of each other. Goodbye. Bye. Jam that jam. Do the... Uh, bye. I'm, t- I'm tired. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.